The American poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote a collection of poems following the Civil War entitled Tales of a Wayside Inn. Each poem resembles one of the people uh, in the inn and tells their story. One of the most famous quotes of this collection is during a character Elizabeth's poem, patiently awaiting her true love's return from across the sea. The narrator describes the situation. Ships that pass in the night and speak each other in passing. Only a signal shown and a distant voice in the darkness. So on the ocean of life we pass and speak one another. Only a look and a voice, then darkness again and a silence. From Longfellow's reflective words, we get the common phrase, we were like two ships passing in the night. We use this phrase when two people just barely miss each other uh, as in something as innocuous as two people passing each other unknowingly in a mall. But Longfellow's poetic words describe two parties meeting briefly in passing, never to see each other again. It might be better understood as two or more parties who are in close proximity to each other, but fail to connect beyond the superficial and to a deeper, more human level. A level that sees the joys and pains of life that a person is bearing. And so they pass by one another, as ships in the night. This phenomenon has always been a part of common life, but in this time of social distancing required by the pandemic, ships passing in the night feels more significant. Therefore, uh, this idea needs to be addressed by the church. Our lesson today is full of ships passing in the night. We continue on in Mark's gospel with Jesus and his new disciples going to a place called Capernaum. Last week, we uh, reflected on Jesus' first words of his ministry. Today, we look at Jesus' first action, what he does first. Like good Jewish men on the Sabbath, they go to the synagogue. And like a good rabbi, Jesus taught. But there was something different about the way Jesus was teaching. The other folks in the synagogue didn't know what to make of it. The only way they could describe it was to say that he taught with authority, but not like the scribes, you know, the ones who actually had the authority. But these scribes and other devout folks in the synagogue, the religious elite, uh, don't recognize Jesus for who he really is. Sure, they see that he's a pretty good teacher and rabbi, but they can't quite see that he's the Messiah. Because of that, they don't recognize him. They were like ships passing in the night. But there was another unrecognized man in the story, wasn't there? Another ship passing in the night. A man with what uh, the gospel calls an unclean spirit. Mark leaves the man's ailment intentionally vague. This phrase, unclean spirit, simply means some kind of unwanted thing affecting, perhaps even possessing this man's spirit, taking hold of his being. Today, we might call this a form of mental illness, even. Such an ailment back then would make someone an outcast in society, sadly. 
unable to be part of a community and shunned for fear of spreading this kind of unclean, unwanted spirit to others. So in, uh, to sum up, the spirit of the man was unclean. It was unwanted. And because of that, it was unnamed, unrecognized. So whatever the not good spirit was, it was not noticed by the scribes and the religious elite. But what's interesting about this man is that whatever spirit is plaguing him, it immediately notices Jesus. He calls Jesus out by name saying, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are the Holy One of God. There are some small details that matter in the Bible, particularly in the Gospels. Details like firsts and lasts are often intentional and used to make a point. The first person in Mark's Gospel to recognize Jesus for who he really is, as Messiah, as the chosen Savior of Israel, was not John the Baptist. It wasn't one of the disciples we met last week. It wasn't one of the scribes or the religious elite that was surrounding them. It was this man plagued by an unclean spirit. A man who truly was in need of Jesus' healing and care. A man stood in need of healing, but the church of the day not only couldn't help him, they didn't even recognize him. They didn't care about him or see his need. Ships passing in the night. The unnamed, unwanted spirit reminds me of the many, many struggles and experiences in life that we often overlook in society today. And there are so many names for these things, too many to really name. Uh, anxiety, depression, addiction, among so many others, but there are also things like loss and fear, suffering and regret, things that take hold of us. And when we do face such spirits in our lives, we often do so alone, without help, and these things are unrecognized by those around us. So too often, to the rest of the world, these spirits go unnamed. Society stands by not noticing these spirits crying out for help. We continue to stigmatize mental health needs, which keeps people from seeking the help they need from counselors and therapists and other professionals. Too often we stand by like the scribes and other religious elite while friends, neighbors, co-workers cry out to help like the spirit to Jesus. Ships passing in the night. Like all things, the church today certainly isn't immune. Something about Western Protestant culture has taught us that the church is the place to put on our Sunday best, our best face, to not just physically but also emotionally put on our Sunday best. When we struggle, we still answer the question, how are you today, with, I'm good, how about you? We often miss when our neighbors struggle with such spirits. As a pastor, I worry that the church can become a place where people emotionally are like ships passing in the night. In our lesson, 
Jesus confronts the man with an unclean spirit, though. Jesus not only recognizes this man, Jesus sees the child of God within this man that was cast out by his community. And so Jesus casts out the spirit, not by doing anything particularly interesting, might I add. He simply commands the spirit to be silent and come out of the man. This, of course, amazes everyone in the synagogue even more. And while they still don't quite seem to fully understand who Jesus is, now they recognize his authority and power over the Spirit. As a result, Jesus' fame begins to spread throughout Galilee. Jesus' authority not only to teach but to heal comes from his words, not from any grand gesture. A reminder to us that the gospel has the power to heal and transform the brokenness of our world. Earlier, we discovered that this man's unclean spirit was the first in Mark's gospel to recognize Jesus for who he truly is, as the Messiah. Now, why do you think that is? Now, it seems to me that the spirit recognizes Jesus because it feels threatened by his presence. It asks Jesus if he's come to destroy such things, such spirits that take hold of a person's body, of their very being, causing physical and emotional torment and suffering. Though Jesus himself doesn't really answer this question, Mark's writing gives us an unequivocal yes. Remember, our passage today picks up right where we left off last week where Jesus begins his ministry with the words, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The arrival of the Messiah means that all these other unwanted and unnamed spirits, all these things that stand in the way of God's love and reign, all these things have been officially put on notice. The clock is ticking and their time is coming to an end. Jesus' authority and power is stronger than any unnamed spirit that might be troubling us. When we struggle with the various difficulties life can bring, friends, those times when others seem to pass by like ships in the night, we can be confident that our Lord Jesus cares for those who are struggling, that Jesus recognizes these needs and is present in those moments. We can be confident that these unnamed struggles of human life have been put on notice as God's kingdom draws near to the coming of Jesus Christ. To live into God's kingdom today, friends, means acknowledging Jesus' authority over all these unnamed spirits that cause us and our neighbors trouble. To live into the kingdom today means acknowledging that one day all these spirits will be no more. Through the power of God's word, we, the church, can, can strive to recognize one another's struggles and remind them that they are not alone in this, that we're there together, that we're all in this together, and that our Lord Jesus accompanies us in this journey. We can tell one another simply that it's okay not to be okay and encourage each other to seek help from mental health professionals we can also boldly say to one another that these spirits 
do not define us, nor will they defeat us. This is the gospel, friends. This is the good news, that one day every tear will be wiped away and all will be together in God's kingdom in Christ, who rules over even the unclean spirit and whose authority knows no bounds. To the Lord who speaks to us and strengthens us and blesses us with peace, be all glory and honor forever. Amen.